I really think the secret to success is pretty simple. Spend less than you earn, avoid taxation as much as possible, limit complexity in all matters. Sounds pretty easy, right? It's easy if you have a method to accomplish these three simple tasks. But for those without a method, well, the average citizen on the street is choked in debt, choked in payments, and has trouble seeing a point in the future where he or she might consider work to be optional in his or her lifetime. And when I worked in the music business, I started to notice a trend. Songwriters were great at writing songs. Musicians were great at playing instruments. Singers were great at singing. Producers, great at producing. Mixers, great at mixing. But not many people in the shallow money trench were good with money. I saw people struggle. They'd get behind on their taxes. They would not save money. I had an artist take me out for an expensive lunch one time, and after three of his credit cards got declined at the table, I ended up paying the bill. I knew another guy who had a guitar collection worth millions of dollars who couldn't pay his mortgage. And he couldn't figure out why he was struggling. Other people fell for crazy investment schemes that ripped them off, real estate ventures that turned out to be frauds, and some in the music business thought they'd hit it big by selling long-distance calling cards. I'm not joking. (laughs) I will break down some of these schemes on a future episode, and some of them are pretty wild. But I could see early on in my career that I needed a plan, and over the years I have developed a method. I call it method money management, and it's a way for you to follow a method that will ensure you the most decent chance at success available. It's five simple steps. How does it work? Well, let's dive in. First, I, I, I want to implore you, if you can, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give me a rating, give me a review, my goal for 2024 is I want to see the Man on the Move podcast on the top 200 chart. And I've looked at some podcasts on the top 200 charts, and um, this should be pretty easy. I've listened to some podcasts on the top 200 charts, and I think some of these people are trying to be serious, but it I can't tell if it's serious or satire. So um, please. Give me a rank, give me a review, love it, hate it, doesn't matter. Um, But we are still the only five-star podcast that I can find on Apple Podcasts, so we should be charting. But if you can help me out there, I would be um, mucho apreciado. And as you know, that means thank you kindly, thank you very much, appreciate you. All right, method money management, five simple steps. Number one. It starts with a budget, and it's a budget you need to write down. And you can do this quite simply with a legal pad. You can fancy it up with a spreadsheet, or you can download an app. There's plenty available. But this is your roadmap, your nautical chart, your flight plan. Before you even take in dollar number one, you will know where it is going to go. And in addition to budgeting income versus expenses, you can use your budget to look for weaknesses and complexities as well. Where 
Are you paying too much? Where are you doubling up? What can be simplified, eliminated, or consolidated? What surprises you? As in, oh my gosh, we pay this much a month for cable television? Are you kidding me? Where can you improve? If you've never done a written budget before, it may surprise you. And you'll have to revisit it often, like every month or so for a while, until you get it where it feels comfortable and it works month over month. My wife and I, we just reviewed our budget to adjust for the uh, continued effects of binomics. That's corn pop speak for high inflation. We look at our budget two or three times a year, and we can almost operate by feel now. It's fairly ingrained in us. Um, but over you know the past year or so, we've really had to adjust some numbers to, to make it work. Side note on this, can you believe that there are actual conversations in the White House right now centered around telling you the inflation you are seeing and feeling is not real and it's not really happening? Like, it's crazy. Like, the big news this week is that little truth fairy, uh, KJP, um, she's harping on the fact that now gasoline is cheaper than it was in the summer. Well, Gasoline prices always fall in the winter because winter blends of gasoline are cheaper to make than summer blends of gasoline. Did you know that? Winter gas can contain more butane, which is far cheaper than other additives, but butane is volatile. Uh, so that means the EPA limits the levels uh, that you can use in your gasoline in the warmer months to avoid your gas take from going boom, boom. Um, so winter gas is cheaper to make, which means it's cheaper to sell, which means the corn pop crew gets to point to gas prices and say, see, binomics is working. Gas is dropping. Okay. Well, that little lesson on gasoline is free. It's on the house, but I know you're feeling the effects of inflation and I know you're tired of Joe and Kamala and the little truth wizard telling you that the inflation is not real. But to that end, you need to balance your budget to ensure you're being frugal. And I'm not talking about living in a cave and eating acorns, but ensure that your income exceeds your expenses. And then ensure your expenses are not excessive, either individually or as a whole. At the end of the month, as you do your budget, you should be saving money. At least 15% of your income, and hopefully more, but that is your target. And we'll look at that here momentarily. All right. Number two is easy. It's an emergency fund, a simple three-month cash minimum in the bank. Three months is a minimum. Six months is better. A year would be ideal in my opinion, but just put this money in a simple money market fund. You're not interested in growing this money or earning a lot of interest on it. It just needs to be there if you need it. That's all. Very simple. When your heater blows up and it's going to be 12 degrees over the next two weeks, this is where you tap your emergency fund. Number three, next step. So you've got your budget on paper, a spreadsheet, or an app, and you've got at least three months in cash. Well, this next step might be painful, but you need to eliminate debt or at least bad debt. Now, I'll give you a house on a reasonable mortgage where your housing expenses are less than 25% of your monthly budget, that can be considered responsible debt. You can call it leverage if you want to sound all sexy and sophisticated. But 
things like car loans, student loans, credit cards, payday loans, crap like that, that needs to be eliminated before you can even begin a conversation around investing. So if you have that type of debt lingering around, knock it out and then go back to the secrets of success. Remember, spend less than you earn, avoid taxation as much as possible, limit complexity in all matters. If you do have debt, this is where your budget will come in handy because you'll have a line on your budget for debt payments. And then I'd recommend just starting with your smallest balance first, get that one knocked out and move up and up and up until you have the largest debt balance eliminated and you are free of any debts from that point on. Other than your mortgage, of course, but you do want to keep an eye on your mortgage, check rates there to see if you can refi along the way. Now is probably not a good time to do that, but keep an eye on it because the lower you can get that interest rate on your mortgage, the better. Okay, number four, with debt out of the picture, maybe six to 12 months of cash in hand at this point, along with your solidified budget, it is time to rock and roll. Start looking at maxing out all of your tax-advantaged accounts. To not do this is to steal from yourself. Remember, our aim is to avoid as much taxation as possible. So here's my advice here. Start with your 401k, if you have one at work, and contribute the minimum amount it takes to get your company match. That's usually going to be around 3 to 6%, but that's basically free money that your employer will invest alongside you. Once you have that match in place, go over to a Roth IRA and try to max it out. For 2024, that's going to be $7,000 on the year. So that's just under 600 bucks a month. Once you have your Roths maxed out, go back to your 401k and start trying to max that out as well. For 2024, that's going to be $23,000 a year or just under two grand a month. Keep it simple and just invest in passively managed index funds or ETFs such as SPY, SPY, that is the S&P 500. It's the 500 largest companies in America and a simple one-stop shop for investing. It is very easy to understand. It's cheap to own and it will make you very, very wealthy. And you don't have to get all fancy here. Fancy will usually cost you money. Just stay simple. No need to go out and invest in stuff that you have no understanding of. Now, once you get up to a considerable amount of money invested, you can start to diversify into some bonds or some international stocks if you want to, but that will stay simple too. Remember, your aim is at least 15% of your income going into these tax-advantaged accounts. 20% is great. If you can do more or max them out, well, that's going to take us to step number five, our last step, taxable investments. If your budget is ironclad, you have no debt, you probably have a year of expenses at this point saved up in cash, and you have all of your pre-tax investing options maxed out, then first of all, I want you to take a pause Take a sip of a nice craft beer and pat yourself on the back because you are killing it, my friend. If you still have money in your budget beyond this, your next step is investing in taxable vehicles. They'll be called brokerage accounts. This is uh, a taxable account that you can open up but continue to invest in stocks. If you're saving for something long-term, stay in stocks. 
But if it's going to be a short-term goal, less than five years out, just stay in cash, boom, easy done. No need to get complicated here as well. Alternatively, if you have this money left over, you can start paying it toward your mortgage. That's the same as investing in real estate. And trust me, life without a mortgage is que bueno, which is Spanish for very, very nice. Uh, That's my best uh, Borat impersonation. Love that guy. All right, a quick sip of Topo Chico here. Oh, that's good. I love the way Topo Chico burns a little bit when you first start drinking it. All right, now we've covered the five steps of method money management. Let's talk about limiting complexity in all matters. Remember that one from the beginning? Make sure life is simple. What gives you stress? What do you dread? What makes you go, ugh, not again? That should be your New Year's resolution coming up. Eliminate that some bitch. Come on, man. Knock it out. Kill it. Exercise that demon. Make it go away. This can be things like the way you have to pay your bills or something to do with your job, or maybe it's your debt and credit cards driving you mad or, or whatever it is. That stress, that complexity is a negative impact on your well-being, and it needs to be gone. And speaking of well-being, let me tell you what is complex. Health problems and the healthcare system. You can save money by staying healthy and avoiding the complexity of health costs. They will eat you alive. Even if you are the one and only lucky some bitch saving $1,500 a year under Obamacare. And, and if that's you, please email me and let me know who, who got that benefit. I certainly didn't see it. But if you save the $1,500 a year, I'd love to hear from you. So stay active, stay healthy, eat well. Eating well by way of a slightly higher grocery bill is still going to be far cheaper than eating poorly or trying to eat healthy at fancy restaurants. So keep an eye on that. And and if you want a health motivation, I'll give you one. I myself have all but eliminated beer from my diet. And if I can do that, trust me, anyone can do that. I was... Sadly, consuming far too much beer, and now I just have like one or two beers a week. And I also bought a rowing machine, too. I love it. I love rowing. Who knew? Complexity. I just read a thread on Nextdoor where a guy on a fixed income was paying $480 a month for TV, internet, and cell phones. He was literally drowning in digital dopamine. That is absurd. Keep it simple, folks. And don't be the guy that goes and cuts cable and then signs up for 20 entertainment apps that all cost $20 a month because you're right back in the same boat with even more complexity. I see people do that too. It's crazy. I pay less than $2 a day for a line of internet into my home. And then I subscribe to the Apple One plan. It's like 35 bucks a month. That gets me Apple Music, Apple TV, two terabytes of iCloud storage, all the news and magazines I could possibly read, and workout videos to help keep me healthy. And guess what? It's simple. So if you follow this method, it works. And I'll give you an example because I get asked this a lot. And it's almost every time from someone who is not working with a method in place. And they'll ask me, Todd, 
hey, listen, my aunt just passed away and left me $10,000 and I want to invest it. What should I do with the money? Well, it's easy. Just follow the method. Number one, do you have a budget? If not, stop there. Don't do anything with the money yet until you get your budget up and running. Number two, with that budget in place, do you have three, six, 12 months in a cash emergency fund? If not, that's where the money goes. If you do, then you can move on to number three. Do you have debt? Well, if the answer here is yes, then Aunt Edna's money goes to paying off that debt. It's the only sensible thing to do at this point. Investing is a topic for people without debt. If you have no debt, then you can go to number four. Have you contributed 15% of that income into your Roths and your 401k? Are you a little above that? Have you maxed them out? Well, if not, that 10k can land there and you can buy SPY, the S&P 500 fund. Simple. That's where it goes. Number five, have you maxed out your Roths and your 401ks? And for most people, I understand maxing out your Roths and 401ks may be a bit of a stretch, but do you have at least 15% of your yearly income saved up? 20% would be better. 25% would be a really, really good goal, in my opinion. Well, that's great. Her money can go into a brokerage account if you're if you're at that point. And uh, I don't know, you can keep it in cash, maybe plan to use it for a trip or to buy a car or fix up a car or something else in the next five years. Or if you want to invest it for a longer term goal, just again, go back to SPY, buy that S&P 500 fund and, and, and Edda's money will go there and you're good to go. As always, remember, check your overall health, check for any complexities that have crept up, make sure you're keeping things simple, but that's how it works. It's pretty easy, takes a bit of discipline, but it works, trust me. So if you're, uh, if you're getting your $1,000 Christmas bonus on your next paycheck, go back to step number one to see what to do with it and run it again. It'll tell you exactly where that money needs to go. Now, I thought about posting a spreadsheet on my Dropbox for folks to use, but it's pretty simple to do, and I think you get more skin in the game if you do it yourself. There are dozens of apps out there that can help you. You can do it on a spreadsheet, or you can get a piece of paper and a good old number two pencil with a nice eraser and go for it. If you do get stuck, feel free to email me. I'd be glad to help. My email address is in the show notes. It is themanonthemove at protonmail.com. I've got a spreadsheet I can send you if you want it. Just give me a shout. And, well, that's going to do it for method money management. I hope this was helpful. Drop me a line. Let me know if you got any ideas, if you see any holes in it, if you got feedback, positive or negative, I'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you've got any topics, questions that you want covered on future episodes, let me know. Now, next week, it's December. It's time for Christmas concerts or Christmas plays and pageants. And when I was in college, I used to work for a live uh, lighting and sound company called Forte Lighting and Sound. And we did dozens of them. We did dozens of concerts and plays and pageants. And Christmas time always brings up three just absolutely hilarious memories of Christmas concerts and plays gone wrong. Complete disasters on stage that I witnessed and they crack me up every time I think about them. So we'll share a laugh at the expense of ballerinas in the dark 
and a ballerina director cussing out the audience. Livestock, a trumpet player, fake thunder, and more. What in the heck is going on? We'll tune in next week. As always, our music here is by Colehead. Check him out on Spotify. Thank you, as always, to Brooklyn Addison at Rhomboid Media for setting me up with the podcast. And remember, you got to get out there. You got to get on the move. You got to stay on the move. Get with the man on the move. I will talk to you next week.